Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Morning comes from Isaiah 61. We're going to read the first three verses and actually uh, throughout our Thanksgiving season we're going to be working through Isaiah 61. So I encourage you uh, to begin to look at Isaiah 61 over and over and over again. Read it. Make it a part of who you are, a part of your life. And I I believe if you do that, Sunday morning will will be even more engaging. Uh, So it's not just a matter of coming in and hearing it for the first time, but coming in and being touched by God as He speaks to you again from His Word. So in Isaiah 61, Isaiah writes, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's Word. And as we come to the end of this next song in worship of God, I encourage those who have come this morning to dedicate their children to make their way to the front. Let's sing praise to God. Now to open your Word, and we ask that you'd speak to us. Help us to hear your voice, and help us to not just hear, but to respond. That your name might be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So welcome to our Thanksgiving season. Uh, It's hard to believe that it's almost Thanksgiving. I mean, the other day it's like 70 degrees out, and I'm like, really? Thanksgiving is almost here? I remember as a kid in the dark ages when there was snow by this time, and what's that? Ice ages, yeah, some, some truth to that. Mike can say that he's about the same age I am. <laughs> um, and so uh, as I was preparing for Thanksgiving, I thought, you know, there are a lot of things that we've given thanks for over the years, and we tend to give thanks for a lot of the same things, right? For instance, uh, what are some of the things you give thanks for? Family, yes. What else? Yes. What? Friends, Friends. yeah, sure. Anyone, anyone else? What else you give? Who said it? Food, amen, brother. Thank God for food. I thank God more often than I should, probably, when it comes to food. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that because frequently we give thanks for things that that have either happened in the past or that are current. So when you sit down for your Thanksgiving meal, uh, you will give thanks to God for family and friends who are gathered. Uh, You may thank God for the food that's been prepared. Um, And and we thank God for blessings that we've received, and we thank God for things in the past. This year, this is the year that I hope we can give thanks for what's to come. And if you think about it, even in the blessing for the food, we're really thanking God for what's to come, right? We thank God for the meal of which we are about to partake. And what's exciting about that is, if you go to somebody else's house, see, I used to think that everybody had the same thing for Thanksgiving. Do you know if you go to somebody else's house, that's not true. They have different things. 
Now, and some people actually put broccoli in some of that stuff. <laughs> so I'm not sure why. Uh, but I do know that, that when we come to thinking of the future, often we think um, with, with, we come with some trepidation because uh, the future is full of new things, isn't it? And new things are scary. And yet I believe that as we begin to give thanks to God for what's to come, we'll begin to see that those new things are filled with excitement and adventure as opposed to fear and trepidation. Because you see, God has promised us some incredible things. I mean, when God showed Noah that rainbow, he said, Now, Noah, it's never gonna rain, uh, it's, I'm never going to destroy the world by a flood, the whole world by a flood again. He's, that's my promise. Now, that was important for Noah because in the future it was going to rain. And it hadn't rained before. And the one time it did rain, it rained till it flooded the whole earth. Can you imagine if God had not made that promise and all of a sudden a thundercloud came over and it started to rain? What would Noah have done? Somebody better start building the boat pretty quick. We might be too late. Where did I park the ark? You know, and, and so God wanted him to know it was gonna, the future is going to be okay. God had made promises to Noah. God made promises to Joshua. You may remember uh, Joshua led the people of God into the promised land and they had uh, taken care of the major armies of the promised land and there were some other armies that needed to be defeated but, but no, Joshua wanted to know, wanted them to re- Joshua wanted to remind them that God had promised them this land. That's important. And if they were to be faithful, God is always faithful to his promises. So Joshua said, now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. I want to remind you of that. All the promises God has made in your life are true. They will not fail. They have not failed. Keep putting your trust in God. This is going to be the year. So you can start giving thanks right now. You can thank God for the promises for the upcoming year because God is going to fulfill those promises. Don't hold back. Be bold. Thank God for what's to come because it's going to be an exciting year. This is the year. And we're coming now to this scripture in Isaiah. Now, Isaiah, you may remember, was the one who, who uh, promised to pro- proclaim God's word uh, to God's people. And God anointed or touched his lips with the coal. Do you remember that? I mean, powerful imagery there uh, so that he would have the courage and the ability to speak the word of God. And if you read through the book of Isaiah, which takes forever, it's a huge book. Uh, and it's, it's really an incredible book. But throughout the book of Isaiah, uh, Isaiah has been giving wor- given words from God to proclaim to God's people and to the people, the nations of the world, the sins that they have committed. And because of those sins, there were things that were going to happen. And they weren't good things. And Isaiah had to proclaim them over and over and over And over again. What's interesting, however, is God also gave for every one of them, Isaiah, 
this prophecy that there, were, there was going to be a remnant that would be uh, saved, that would make it through the, the struggle and the trial, and that remnant would be blessed by God. So even in the, in the turmoil of Isaiah, there's always that hope. There's always that promise. And so Isaiah is bold enough to come forward. To say, God, you can use me. And when we get to Isaiah 61, the, the, the tone of the whole thing has changed. All of a sudden, Isaiah is preaching something that's filled with goodness and with hope. It's a promise of God. And it's a promise not just for God's people then. It's a promise for God's people now. Now, you have to understand who Isaiah was preaching to. Because Isaiah wasn't preaching to people who were in a good place. You see, Isaiah was preaching to a people who every day heard bad news. Every day there was bad news. There was always something going on. As a matter of fact, it seemed like things kept getting worse. Sound familiar? Uh, You couldn't turn to the left or the right without hearing bad news. Someone was sick. The the nation was uh, in turmoil. People weren't happy. Life was a struggle. It was bad news across the board. Isaiah had to come to these people. And not only was there bad news, they were afraid that God had abandoned them. That somehow God had pushed the dislike button on Facebook when it came to them. They felt like God had given up on them. They looked around, they said, God, you made promises and we're not seeing those promises fulfilled. And you see, in some ways they missed the whole thing because what God had been trying to say to them is, your life is is a mess for two reasons. One, just because of situations you find yourself in. And two, because sometimes you make bad choices that make those situations even worse. And they felt like God had let... You ever feel that way? Don't, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Would you ever feel that way? God, where are you? What's going on? And then uh, it was so bad that they had come to a point, the people had come to a point, that they were having a hard time figuring out what was right and what was wrong. Um, and, and you know, I, I watch our young people today, and I think sometimes our young people struggle with that. Because, you know, our world keeps telling them, well, this is okay, and that's okay, and the other thing's okay. We're all okay. I'm okay. You're okay. It's all okay. But the Word of God is pretty clear about things that are right and wrong. And if you place yourself within the Word of God, you begin to see where God is calling you to stand for what's right and to avoid and walk away from what's wrong. And so you can see what's happening with these people. I hope that you see uh, that Isaiah might even be able to speak to us. For we're a people in a similar situation. I believe that. And Isaiah speaks hope. What's interesting is when Jesus came on this earth, you remember Jesus was on the earth and he went into the synagogue one time. And whenever a teacher goes into the synagogue, uh, someone comes with a daily reading and they hand him a a scroll. You know what Jesus read that day? Isaiah 61. As a matter of fact, he read verses 1 and 2. He stopped halfway through verse 2 because he wanted the people there to realize that God still offered them hope. That God was still on their side. That God still wanted to bless them and work in their lives. And God was going to do that. As a matter of fact, Jesus went from reading the scroll there. He went over and he sat down. And this is what it says in John chapter four, or Luke chapter 4. It says, he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today, this scripture is filled in your hearing, fulfilled in your hearing. 
And what was the scripture? He has anointed me to tell you what God is going to do. So I believe that Jesus came not just to tell the people in the first century, but to tell us. I believe that Jesus came not to just tell us, but to tell our people. I believe that that God came to Isaiah not just to tell his people, but to tell us. You with me? I believe that God has good news, that God has a plan, that God has new things for us. As a matter of fact, I believe this is the year that everything will be new. You with me? Now, we're going to go real quick, Lee, uh, because we don't have much time. So buckle that pew belt, and we're going to move real quickly, okay? And I would encourage you, if you have your Bibles, you might want to open them up to Isaiah 61, because we're going to be looking at that over and over and over again. The first thing that Jesus wants you to know, the first thing that Isaiah wants you to know, the first thing that God wants you to know is that there's good news coming your way. There is good news. Now, I want you to hear that because we live in a world filled with bad news. But the good news that God has for us is not just words. It's actually experience. God wants to step into your life and so that you can experience him this year and so that you can experience that good news. So it's not just something you hear. It's something that happens in your life. Listen to, to what Isaiah says. He says that this good news is to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom, to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Our world is full of people who are brokenhearted, full of people who are oppressed, full of people who have imprisoned themselves, some who, uh, because of uh, different uh, habits that they've, they've discovered, or some because of choices they've made, or some just because of situations they find themselves in. And these types of people are like us. And the good news is that God wants to step into your life so that you can experience just the opposite. As a matter of fact, he wants the, the, the brokenhearted to experience unending love. You remember 1 Corinthians 13? 1 Corinthians 13 is all about love. The last verse is the most incredible verse, one of the most incredible verses in Scripture. i, I got to be careful. One of the most incredible verses in, in Scripture. You remember what it says? It says, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. When you ask Jesus to come into your life, you are always loved. You may not feel loved. You may think that other people don't care about you. You may think that God has even abandoned you. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus proved his love for you on the cross. He died for you, and that'll never change. So I want you to know that this year, God's unending love will be at work in your life if you simply remember that he loves you. When everyone else turns their back, when that relationship fails that you thought was going to last a lifetime, when when you find yourself separated from your family or from your children, when, when things happen in your life so that you feel like no one cares anymore, remember Jesus died for you. He loves you that much. That'll never change. The greatest thing is love. Second of all, I want I want to remind you that that when you have faith, you are set. Free. And and I'm always reminded of that when I think of Dr. King. Dr. King was an incredible man of faith. I'm not saying he was perfect. I'm saying he was an incredible man of faith. And this is what he knew. When he sat in prison, he he wasn't in prison. He was free. And you see, that's what happened in our country. Those people who had been enslaved because of faith knew that they were free. Now, their situation didn't say that. They looked at where they were. They said, hey, we're slaves. 
But when they looked at who Christ was in their lives, they realized that Christ came to set them free, and they put their trust in that freedom. And Dr. King stood up and said, hey, listen, God has called us to be free, to be like everybody else. We are just like everyone else. And then he said, and this is how we're going to show them. We're going to love them. They're going to attack us. We're going to love them. They're going to hate us. We're going to love them. We're going to care for them. We're going to pray for them. Exactly what Jesus told us to do, right? Pray for our enemies. Pray for those who would persecute us. And when they did, God began to work in powerful ways and change a system that had been in place for centuries. I want you to think about that. This year, God wants to set you free. You say, well, I'm already free. Are you? Are you? Or is there something in your life that has you bound up? That has you feel like you can't, you can't make a decision left or right or be, because if I do, then this happens and this happens. I am stuck. You're not stuck if you have faith. You see, Jesus came to set you free. And that's what he wants for you this year. He wants you to be free. Sometimes there's sin in our lives that we just don't seem to get over. Things in our lives that we just can't seem to let go. I want you to know that Jesus wants to set you free from that. This is the year. Begin to seek his face. Give him thanks right now for what he's going to do. And believe that he'll set you free. Not only that, uh, a light in the darkness. You know, it's interesting to me that it's to the prisoners he brings light. Did you notice that? Did you ever wonder? Now, the, the Septuagint, that's the Greek translation of the Old Testament, actually says to the blind he gives light. Um, but the original Hebrew, uh, to the best of our knowledge, really says to the prisoner, he gives light. You know what I like about light? I, I've done some hunting and going out real early in the morning while it's dark. Um, and I've tried at times to do that without a light, right? Because you don't want to disrupt the game. Um, I can tell you from experience, I have walked in the woods until it got light because I couldn't find my way. Because I didn't have a light. But if I were smart, and I'm getting smarter, if I were to take a light, now what's amazing to me, by the way, even, even stands I've been to over and over again, I know the woods, I know where they are, and in the dark, I can't find them. But all I need is a little light, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, there's that, there's that, there it is. And I'm not wandering around all morning waiting for it to get light so I can find my stand. I know a lot of people walking around in the dark. You see, Jesus has a purpose and a direction for them. And instead, they have decided that they're going to try to find their own way through life. And when you do that, you find yourself, by the way, imprisoned by the darkness. But if you let the light of Jesus begin to shine in your life, he begins to give you purpose and direction. This is where you go. This is what I want you to do. And notice this light, by the way. It doesn't show all the way to the destination. Did you notice that? It only shows the next couple steps. Jesus always works that, almost always works that way in my life. Sometimes I wish he'd let me see way in the future so I'd know, okay, yeah, that's where we're headed. Um, but I've learned that sometimes he only gives me a step or two. And sometimes I'm glad because of what I run into on the way. And if I knew in advance, that may not have been a happy moment. And God wouldn't have been able to teach me what he teaches me. But if I allow him to let that light shine, then take those steps by faith. He sets me free and he gives me purpose 
and direction. You understand that Jesus came with good news for us. And that good news is going to play out this year. Ready? That's my first point. How's that? We've got uh, four minutes. You with me? Okay. Point two. Um, uh, what's interesting, when he goes on, he says, um, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And I want you to hear those words. Very important. For you see, uh, we live in a world where people are, are caught up in, in loss. And we're all going to experience loss, aren't we? You can't get around it. Someday, someone you're close to is going to die. And you're going to experience loss. Someday, the job you thought you'd have until you retire, is going to be gone. And you know many of our, our people are experiencing that right now, right? Uh, worked for GE, thought GE was going to be there forever. All of a sudden, GE decides they're not going to be there forever. Now what? We live in a, a community that's surrounded with despair and loss. I want you to know that this year, God is going to use us to move us in a new direction. You see, He has hope for us, hope for a better tomorrow. The most exciting, one of the most exciting things about being a follower of Jesus Christ is that when someone near you dies and, and they have faith in Jesus Christ, you know that there is a resurrection yet to come. It's not over. That's not the end. They move from one house to the other. And yeah, you can't go to that house and visit them yet. But if you keep your faith in Jesus Christ, you'll find yourself visiting them in glory. I look forward to that day. You see, Jesus came to, to step in and show you that the Lord's favor is with you. He gives us that hope. The tomb was empty. He rose again from the dead. That's not a false hope. That's a true hope. As a matter of fact, He offers us eternal life right now. If you say yes to Jesus, you've already started eternity. I'm excited about that. I don't know about you. Some of you look like, oh, man, i got to live forever. <laughs> You're missing the point. You have an opportunity to live forever. God wants to do incredible things in your life. God wants to bring the hope of resurrection to our world, and he's calling you to bring it. How exciting could that be? And to bring this joy in the midst of such hurt and pain, this joy that comes from from the Spirit of God that anointing us. You, you see that? The oil of gladness. I want you to hear that. The oil of gladness. Oil is a symbol of the Spirit of God. When you say yes to Jesus, the Spirit of God comes within you. When the struggles and trials come and the heartache comes, when people uh, uh, misuse you, when, when the world seems overwhelming, you can still call upon Jesus and know that He has gladness for you this year. There's going to be good things yet to come. You're going to be celebrating what God has done all year. Why? Because the spirit of gladness is going to be in you. And then last of all, you get to choose to praise Him. And notice I said choose to praise Him. You see, sometimes we think that, that giving thanks to God is something that comes from what God has already done. But I believe that we can give thanks to God for what He's going to do, and that's a choice, isn't it? That's a choice, a place of faith. If you're going to praise God, that's a choice. Remember what Job said? We sing it every once in a while in worship. And the song always catches me because uh, I'm not always ready to sing it. 
But what did Job say? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I will give praise to God, no matter what the circumstance in my life. And when you do that, that begins to change you. Listen very carefully. When God's favor rests upon you, he begins to change you on the inside. No longer caught in mourning, no longer caught in despair, but now caught with hope and filled with a sense of direction and rejoicing. You see, that's what Isaiah proclaims. That's going to happen this year. You ready? So not only good news, but God's favor. And lastly, I want you to see this. You see, a lot of times uh, we think that what God gives us and how God blesses us is for us. Um, The other day I was talking to some people and I said, you know, we went up to Maine and God changed all those leaves and made them beautiful just for me. Because he knows I love to see the colors and so he did it just for me. But the truth of the matter is he didn't do it just for me, did he? I said, he lets some other people see it and they can enjoy it, but he did it just for me. Well, he loves me that much that he would do it just for me, but he did it for me, not just for me, but so I could share it with other people. You see, God doesn't give you blessings just for you. He blesses you so that you can bless others. Do you notice what it says? It says, so that you will be the display for his splendor. When I was in college, I was uh, stuck at a mall for a while. I was waiting for my parents to pick me up, and I was sitting there, and there was this uh, human mannequin. Have you ever seen these? human mannequin and I watched her and she got up in the window and then she just stood there and she did I mean she did not move I would have sworn she was a mannequin if I hadn't seen her walk in and people would come and they'd walk by and they'd be looking at her and all of a sudden she'd wink (laughs) and and some of them you know (laughs) you know and once in a while she'd smile and she'd show them that she was real but she was on display that's what God has for us You see, this year, as he blesses us, it's not just so that we can be blessed. It's so that we can share with others, and we can share with others the righteousness of God. Listen, brothers and sisters, the world is watching us, and they want to know if you really stand firm, if you really believe what you say, because they're looking for hope. They're looking for good news, and they're not seeing it even among believers, and that's sad. And you're the one that God has called to show them. Uh, Mark and Julie used to sing when I first came here many many centuries ago Mark and Julie were early married and uh, they sang at least in worship they sang together once in a while I loved hearing them sing together and they used to sing this song Two Sets of Joneses Um, and by the way the first time I heard it I laughed in a place where I guess I wasn't supposed to laugh because everybody was just going to uh, but anyway, uh, it's about these, this, these two couples, and one couple seemed to have it all. They had all the wealth, and, all, and the other couple had almost nothing, but they had faith in God. And as, they, as life began to happen, the, the couple with faith in God just continued to grow in God and gave praise to God and rejoiced. The couple who thought they had it all, had money, had jobs, had everything, all of a sudden it began to crumble and fall. And the song says the problem is they built their house on the sand, where the other Joneses built their house on the rock. And the world is watching, you see. They want to see how you build your house. And they're going to watch and see if it stands. That's why Isaiah says, if you are willing to accept the blessing of God, then you need to know that you will be called rokes of righteousness. You will stand firm. 
Because you are building yourself, your life, upon the love of Jesus Christ, His forgiveness and grace. And if you begin to do that, the world is going to see good things happen to you. And they're going to say, why do good things happen to you? And when bad things happen to you, they're going to say, huh, where's your God now? And you're going to say, I put my trust firmly upon God. And they're going to watch as God begins to turn those things around and work them for His glory and for His honor. And they're going to look at you and say, how does all those good things always happen to you? And you're going to say, because I'm an awesome person and God just loves me. No, you're going to say, God wants to do the same awesome things in your life. All you have to do is say yes to him. Why do you wait? Do it now. This is your year. You could see God do incredible things as you offer his righteousness and grace to people who are lost and afraid, to people who are filled with bad news. You see, God wants to put you on display this year. So you can be neighbors, make neighbors, build God's neighborhood in places other people wouldn't go or wouldn't think to go. He's going to do it in people's lives you didn't think would ever say yes to Jesus. He's going to use you in a powerful way this year. You see, we're not done, folks. This is the year. Won't you give thanks to him already for what he's going to do? For the new things he's going to bring your way, that good news he's ready to share with you. I know it's scary. You don't know what's going to happen, but he does. He's already been there. You can trust him. He's made promises to you. Watch out. He's going to do something great. You say, well, I don't know. Uh, I I sometimes screw up. What's God going to do then? He's going to pour his favor upon you and transform you and make you more like him. That's how much he loves you. You say, well, yeah, but, you know, sometimes in the middle of the struggles, I don't always stand firm. Yes, but as people watch you turn to God and receive his grace and his blessings, they'll begin to turn to God too. I guarantee it. This is the year. This is your year. Would you give thanks to him? Hey, what about this morning? Maybe even this morning you could begin to give thanks to God for what he's going to do. Or maybe this morning you would say yes to God and say, Jesus, I want to experience what the prophet Isaiah foretold. And the way to do that is to ask Jesus to come into your life. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry I've screwed up in places, but I want to give you my life. And if you do that, he'll come in and give you purpose, direction, and make this year your year. But the choice is yours. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for our time together this morning and just for the power of your word. Thank you that you've already fulfilled many of these things in our lives and we've seen it. We pray that you'd help us to, to trust you. We pray, Father, this year that would be a turnaround year for us. That we would no longer rely upon ourselves, but we'd rely upon your promises. And we give you thanks. We pray, Father, that we'd experience your good news over and over and over again. And we give you thanks for that good news that's coming. We pray, Father, that your favor would fall upon us. That you would begin to transform us. Not that all good things would happen to us, but that all things would work together for good as you transform us and make us like you. We pray, Father, that this year others would see you in us. We give you thanks that they will. For we plan on following you all year long. We pray, Father, for those this morning who said, I want, I want to give you, that they want to give Jesus their lives. We pray, Father, right now that you would fall upon them that they would begin to follow you, that they too would have this awesome year. In Jesus' name, amen.